do it tomorrow, the next day, the next day, whenever you like. But I'd love for you to sign up to mow the lawn. And then don't forget that next week you could potentially be doing someone else's lawn for serve day. We've had about 15 phone calls so far uh, from people who would like to have something done on their yards. And I'm guessing there'll be more phone calls come in this week since the flyers just got here. Uh, they went out on Thursday and Friday. Uh, we actually planned to have them in people's mailboxes about a week before that. Canada Post, for some reason, didn't get them delivered when we wanted. I don't know why, but uh, they went out almost a week later than we expected. But nonetheless, uh, we'd love to have you sign up for Serve Day. There is a sign-up sheet in the uh, Connection Center for that as well, and that would be just fantastic. Come next week with, uh, like, you, you can wear whatever you want to church, doesn't matter. Not that it ever matters, but you can wear whatever you want. And you could bring all your yard-cutting tools and your hedge trimmers, and your weed eaters, and whatever, you, and bring your kids who will be your slaves for the morning or for the afternoon, and they can do whatever we need to do in order to cut some lawns. Here's the kind of phone call that we took this week. I got a guy who called up this week, and he said, my name is John so-and-so. He said, I live right around the corner from your church, and he said, I have just had hip surgery. My yard looks terrible. I can't get to it. My wife and I just can't get this done. We would love to have somebody come and help us. And I said, you're just the kind of people we're looking for. I'll come and see you this week, and we'll look at your yard and see what needs to be done, and we'll get that scheduled. So at least next Sunday afternoon, we're going to do his. Hope has asked me a couple of times, what are we going to do if it rains? We're going to go do people's yards if it rains, and we'll get wet in the process. It will be holy, wet rain that will be blessing us as we are taking care of people's yards. We'll have a meal afterwards. There's only one service next week, by the way, at 11 o'clock. And I hope that you can be here for that. God is going to bless us. For about nine months, we have been doing God's redemptive story. Going through the whole story of the Bible, talking about what it is that God has done with humankind. This morning, I want to mention four things about being redeemed by God that everyone in our church family needs to understand. This is going to be short and sweet and quick, but especially... If you are a person who hasn't given yourself completely to Jesus, this is absolutely crucial. Or if you are a new person to our church, this is absolutely crucial stuff for you to hear. And the first thing I want to say is this. God created for us, created us for relationship with him. God created us for relationship with him. And this is one of the most important things that has come out of this whole redemptive story. Like from the very beginning, from the Genesis story, and, and, and it's not just, uh, just beginning there, but really stated right there in a microcosmic kind of way in the Genesis story is the, the, just the fact that God wants relationship with us. And so he creates this beautiful garden for us to live in. And Adam and Eve are there walking with God in the garden, conversing with him, fellowshipping with him. That's what he wants more than anything else. People have this perception sometimes that God is this one who sits up in heaven just waiting for someone to zap. He wants to send down lightning bolts. Or he wants to sit on a throne in judgment of all. And those things are in some sense true. God is the judge of humankind. There's no doubt about it. But what God wants more than anything, and it came right from the very beginning of us telling the story, is that he wants relationship 
with us. And in so many ways, this is a summation that we've seen again and again and again and again throughout this story. God wants in relationship with his people. And that's why Israel is created. That's why Israel becomes a nation. God wants to be in fellowship with these people. Now, as it turns out, they are just like the rest of us, constantly breaking that relationship. But that's what he wants. God loves us all. And when you love someone, you want to be in relationship with that person. God wants to be in full relationship with you. What he wants from us, for us, is simply for us to love him back. You've done this. You have reached out to someone before who didn't reach back in the same way. I've done that. I can remember going to this girl named Susie when I was in about grade eight and saying to her, what is this, all this smiles? These young men over here are smiling right now because they're thinking, yeah, we do this every day. I went to this girl named Susie and I said, I'd like to be your boyfriend. We called it going together. I'd like to go with you. And she said, no. I mean, there's so much pressure on us guys. We have to ask these questions. We put ourselves out there only to be slammed by some uncaring, calloused, hard-hearted female who only cares about 1% of the guys in the school as it is, right? That's all they care about, 1% of the good-looking guys in school. That's the only guys that matter. I'm mad now. (laughs) So we put ourselves out there and we get rejected. God does not want the same thing from us. God wants us to respond back. He puts himself out there. And he loves us. And he gives us. He goes to the extent of giving us his son. And sometimes we just say to God, nah, not that interested. For those of us who say, yes, Lord, I am interested. The Bible talks about how we can do that. And that's what we're talking about this morning. Second thing I want you to see is this. This relationship happens through our response to Jesus Christ. He wants a response. He doesn't want us to sit silently. He wants us to respond somehow. He gives us his son and says, this is my son. I want you to respond in love and faith to my son. And so he says things like this. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's what he wants. He's not just the judge sitting on the throne waiting to zap somebody. He wants, this says, to save the world through his son Jesus. And you are, you are, everybody here, a person that God wants to save through Jesus. He just wants your response. The third thing I want you to see. Belief, repentance, and baptism are the response to Christ found throughout the New Testament. You know, there have been times in the history of the world when we have somehow debated this. 
like Christians have said, you know, what is supposed to be the correct response to Jesus? There is absolutely no doubt in my mind about the accuracy of this statement. That belief, repentance, and baptism are the response to Christ found throughout the New Testament. And it's commanded there and it's example there again and again. This is what God wants from us in terms of our response. He wants our belief to be real. He wants our, our repentance to be authentic. And he wants this baptism to take place that will end up identifying us specifically with him. I, I, I don't have time to show this this morning. There is a, there is a video that Francis Chan has done. I, I've actually seen him do it in a couple of different contexts. One, actually, at the Tulsa Soul Winning Workshop, or the Tulsa Workshop, as it's called, which is a huge Church of Christ event that takes place every year. Thousands of people in Churches of Christ get together. And this last year, they had Francis Chan. And I, I don't know if you know who Francis Chan is. He's a contemporary evangelical writer. Hundreds of thousands of people read his books. Uh, he's made enough off his books that he doesn't take a salary from the church that he works for in Southern California anymore. He has nothing to do with Churches of Christ. He's not affiliated with us at all. But because his plea, his gospel plea, is so similar to what we have been saying to the people for a long time is New Testament Christianity, Francis Chan was invited to go to the Tulsa workshop and to give a major lecture. And in it, he talks specifically about the response that he thinks is appropriate for people who come to Jesus. And he said exactly what we would say. In fact, it was interesting. This, I just watched this morning early another video of his in which he was just sitting at a table and he's talking about how people need to respond to Christ. And he says, you know, he says, when I became a Christian, he said, people were talking about the four spiritual laws and they were talking about the, the prayer of salvation, praying Jesus into your heart. And he said, I've, I have preached that, I have taught that, that's been my message for years and years and years. But he said, one day I had some Jehovah's Witnesses come to my door and they wanted to talk about who Jesus was. And he said, I really challenged them. I said, hey, I said, if you really want to know who Jesus is, here's how you do it. You set aside all your Jehovah's Witness doctrine and you just take your Bible and you read your Bible and you just do what the Bible says. And he challenged them to do that. He said, just take your Bible and go read your Bible for yourselves and just do what you find in the Bible. Nothing that you find just in Jehovah's Witness doctrine. And he sent them off. He said, I closed the door and I thought to myself, is this something I do? Is this what I do? Do I read the Bible just for myself? And do I just read the Bible and follow the Bible? And I'm just willing to do whatever the Bible says for, and forsaking my own tradition. And so he said, I decided to start reading the Bible. And he said, here's one of the things I found out that my four spiritual laws and my asking Jesus into my heart is not in the New Testament. He said, what I find when I read the New Testament is Acts 2.38. And he's exactly right. And so when I look in my Bible, that's what I see. Repent and be baptized Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Francis Chan said, that's what I see. He said, some people heard Peter preaching about Jesus, and they thought, what are we going to do? We have crucified the Lord of glory. How are we going to respond? And so they said to Peter, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. 
and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Francis Chan said, that is what I now preach. Because that is what's in the New Testament. And that is how people need to come to Christ. I'm kind of proud of this guy. I think he's got a Baptist background. I'm not 100% sure about that. But I'm impressed by somebody who says, I'm going to read the New Testament for myself. I'm going to reach my own conclusions. And then when he reads it and sees that it's not in step with where he's been, he decides to change. And he took a different perspective. And the fact is, that's what we need to do. You know, we baptize in our church by immersion. There is one reason that I know of to do that. And that's because that's exactly how they did it in the New Testament. And that's what the word baptism means. It means immersion. And the reason that we fill this tub occasionally and baptize someone in it, taking them under the water, is because the word baptism means to be immersed. And so we follow the New Testament practice in terms of how a person comes to Jesus, and that's what we do. And so I hope, I pray this morning, that if you are a person who has been thinking about Jesus, been thinking about what it means to be a Christian, if you have maybe for years had your heart given to Christ, but you haven't yet done what the New Testament describes as the pattern of coming to Christ, then I want to encourage you to do that. You can do it today. It doesn't take that long to fill this. Or you can do it tomorrow. You can do it tonight. You can call me at 3 o'clock in the morning and I'll come down and meet you here. I'll be groggy, but we'll get you in the water. And God will, as he says, wash away our sins. There's a fourth thing I want us to see this morning. Forgiveness of sins, reception of the Holy Spirit, and being added to the church happen with belief, repentance, and baptism. These acts are not just symbols. Baptism is not a symbol. I can't find anywhere in the New Testament that says that baptism is just a symbol. I can find in Romans 6.3, it says that baptism is a symbol. But it never says that baptism is just a symbol. It never says that all it does is symbolize something. Instead, it actually affects something. God works through the act of baptism. And Christ specifically says in Acts chapter 2, Christ adds people to the church upon their baptism. And in fact, that's what we do here. And so our membership statement at, at this church says, to be considered a member of the Calvary Church of Christ, an individual needs only to have understood that we are saved by grace through faith, responded in faith to God by accepting Jesus Christ as his son, publicly acknowledged him as Lord and Savior, and been baptized by immersion as a believer. That's what it means to be a member of the church. Any church, really. Any church should accept you on this basis. And we do here. Because one who has done this is added to the church of Jesus Christ. And you certainly are qualified to be a member here if you're added to the church of Jesus Christ. So basically then, to be a member of our church, this is what you do. To be a Christian, this is what you do. And it absolutely goes for everyone. Because here's the thing. The New Testament simply knows no other way of coming to Christ and joining the church than what I've just described. And if you haven't believed in Christ, repented of your sins, and been immersed into Christ, then you've not done what the New Testament describes as what should be the basic response of someone to Jesus Christ. 
And that goes for churches of Christ. That goes for new evangelicals like Francis Chan. It goes for the church in the New Testament. It absolutely goes for everybody. Now, why am I saying all this? Well, after a while, churches have new people come. And children grow up. And occasionally we need to stop and think seriously about what we practice, what we preach, and what is important for us to do as Christians. And this is most important of all. The response that we make to Jesus Christ as individuals is the most important thing that we will ever do in our lives. And we need to take this seriously. I hope you do. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege we have of being your children. We thank you for the process that we have of becoming children in you. And we thank you, Lord. We praise you for the chance we have to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. It's through Christ we pray. Amen.